Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hey, all you heroes and champions, crows, pirates, and inquisitors. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Austin. And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From the Maker to Lyrium to Aravels, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I am Austin, also known as Teacup, your host, co-host for this podcast. Um, and I'm here with my other host. Yeah, I'm Shelby or SheCup, and I'm one of the co-hosts, and I'm also the like lore, lore master on this show. Yes, she knows much more than me. Well, Shelby, we have a very special episode to give today. This episode is our first ever patron episode, and so we have with us one of our patrons, our first Enchanter tier patron, uh, Derek B. Hey, Derek, how's it going? Hi, guys. We're so happy you can be here. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This is a great treat. And so as we do with all of our guests, uh, we're just going to ask a couple questions. Um, We're going to talk about Dragon Age and just really get excited about that. And so the first question is obvious, like, what got you into Dragon Age? How did you get involved in this franchise fandom? And what keeps you coming back and playing the games over and over again? Uh, I was first introduced to Bioware games years ago when I played Mass Effect 3. And I thought it was a huge chance. It was a huge change from the linear RPGs I've played in the past, like Final Fantasy games. And, you know, with choices, interactions uh, that matter, that really mattered, really came to, you know, uh, I really decided found that they were really meant something where really what i did really changed it was really something different in the first game so um when i first discovered dragon age was actually from a friend of mine i was working with a long time ago and he told me about this game and you know you got to try this game uh, dragon age and he didn't really tell me which which one so i chose the latest one it was dai and so, you know, I got slaughtered in the hinterlands and didn't know what, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, after a while, I uh, 
actually def- played defeated the game uh went through the entire game without any DA- dlcs excuse me excuse me and uh i continued on and um i kind of discovered origins a little later on and and then of course da2 and and i you know through that all that playing i really found that the, the lore and the um you know, especially about the Andrastian religion and everything made sense, all the parallels, the history, and kind of, kind of all kind of tied around like my own kind of fascination with, uh, with our world and how, you know, Bioware is sort of uh, pulling parallels between our world and, um, and into putting them into our, into, into their games. And it just was so, it was interesting to play this and, and then, of course, I just discovered the DLCs and then the DA Keep, and I'm playing to this day. <laughs> I'm, DA, I'm on DAY, so I got multiple playthroughs going through, going on. I'm not going to say anything else about them, but uh, let's just say I'm focusing on the mages right now. So <laughs> nice, nice. Thanks for sharing. I. I tend to agree that like the depth of the lore in Bioware games is just outstanding, especially in Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Um, And I just think they're unparalleled in that for sure. What about you, Austin? I would agree with that. Um, One thing that's interesting to me is actually starting the franchise with Dragon Age Inquisition, which I totally think you can do. Like the game explains things fairly well for to attract new players. But I just think I'm curious what that was like going back to the game into like Origins and DA2, who's, they feel similar, but really do like in mechanics wise feel like different games. And at least to me, so I'm curious, do you have, what was your experience with that? Yeah, that was a a huge changer. I mean, like I was, I was used to the mechanics, the gameplay, you know, first of all, Mass Effect 3 was a, a shooter kind of like a Gears of War kind of like shooter. Um, and I, I really, I was sort of shocked by the change of the mechanics, the gameplay of the kind of, a little bit, I won't say archaic. I still love Origins and DA2. They are great games, despite the old, how old they are, they still play up. And I feel like it would be, I mean, I'll get into the conversation later on, but like, I feel like Origins in DA2 with with uh, DA two and and Dragon Age one, I mean, excuse me, DA Inquisition would be probably a great hybrid if they created four like that. I mean, I I, I especially love the the warrior mechanics and DA origins and the, the years that took place in DA two and I don't know. I mean, it was such a it was it was an interesting uh change and um i kind of experienced how i experienced mass effect 3 was the same way i experienced uh dragon age series so it's kind of like an interesting uh um <laughs> backwards uh, uh exploration of the of the lore but yeah i mean i definitely tend to agree that warrior is the best in origins I just think it's the most fun there for some reason. (laughs) I would agree with that. Um, 
I just warrior gets a little boring for me in Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, though I did really enjoy my two-handed Templar build um, a lot in Inquisition. Yeah. But there's something about like I just feel there are, in warrior in DAI. It's like your only option is to be tanky. You can do some DPS, but not like you can in Origins. In Origins, you really feel like a master of combat. Um, so yeah. True. That's true. I especially like, I don't remember which warrior build it is, but in my warrior build, there was like a combination, I think, of two abilities, or maybe it was just one ability where basically if you're it's yeah, it's sword and shield. And you can basically just like bump your opponent like one, two, three or four times with the shield right in the face. And for some reason, that was just always super satisfying to me. I I have to agree to Shelby. The warrior in Origins was awesome. I like I really liked my uh, I think I played two warriors with the dual dual sword sword and like a either a mace or a long sword and a dagger. And the some of the ending cut, you know, some of the ending killing scenes were just like, wow, that's amazing for a game made like more than, I don't know what, 15 plus years ago. So true. I think it's like 13 now. It came out in 2009, right, Austin? Is that right? Yeah. I yeah. Like so 13, yeah. It, it's pretty impressive that it still holds up, though I will say, I definitely want them to remake it or uh, remaster it in some way for sure. Yeah, I hope that happens really quickly. Um, I think this is a good point to uh, bring us to another question. And that's like, we all really like Dragon Age and Dragon Age Origins. Uh, both She Cub and I started um, our, our Dragon Age journey with Dragon Age Origins. So I was curious, Derek, if you had um, a favorite origin or a favorite starting point in Dragon Age Origin? Well, my very, very first experience was with the mages. And um, I, and that's the, and I beat every game, all three of the games as a mage. So that's kind of saying something, but um, I have to go back, you know, and say that Warrior in Origins was again, a great experience like i think the one that i um i submitted in the discord was of a, a elven warrior who you know ended up being a martyr and that was a, a great experience like i she she was a, a real badass i had i you know and you know and i kind of had her as a you know, as an elf, you know, Dawn Dawtrod, and even throughout wherever she went throughout Ferelden, she was just downtrodden and looked down upon. And even that until she was became the hero of Ferelden, which was um, a really amazing experience. Um, another great playthrough uh, that I just recently com completed, plus the Awakening DLC, was the uh, the Kuzlan and. That was another great one. I think I had my war, my warden also use a, a double, dual weapon. Um, I I don't know. I, I really like the warrior with a dual weapon. I, but and then I just go back to the mage just because of their dawn dawn trodden and feared, 
they're downtrodden and feared, but they are have unbelievable power. And, you know, that's that's just something that I really I really liked in, in the game. And I, I hope they they play upon that again in the more games. I totally agree. I love the Kuzland origin. That one was not my first or my canon playthrough. Um, I, I tend to be an elf simp. We all know this. Um, but my first, my very first origin playthrough was with a Dalish elf, which is not my favorite, actually. My second playthrough was with a city elf, which is my favorite. I loved that playthrough so much she was a warrior she romanced Zevrin, and I just feel like all of those things really lined up perfectly like with the story I think the city elf and Zevrin romance makes total sense they're very similar upbringings um and the city elf origin is really dark actually especially if you're um, a female city elf but um it just really illuminates the point of how much depth Bioware puts into its writing and just like lore development and character development, but also like really making sure that the place that you're in feels like a real place, like the Denerum city, but also the alienage, like really feels very fleshed out. Um, and I, I don't know if, all of the origins feel that way. And I guess I haven't done them all, so I can't say for sure. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with the City Elf. I think that for me, there are three origins that are my favorite. And I think they're what I would recommend for someone entering the series um, to get a good grip on like what's going on in the big issues of the Dragon Age series. And that's the City Elf the Dalish Elf, and the Mage Origins. Um, I think that they provide a good scope of the conflicts that surround Thetis around with the Mage, introducing you to the Mage Templar conflicts, and then City Elves, how Elves are treated in human cities, and then the Dalish Elf and their whole struggle. And so I tend to view those kind of as my favorite, and I think that they're the most fleshed out with conflict not that the Kuzland isn't because it obviously have like you make an enemy of how like right away and that happens too but that also happens in the city elf um and so I don't know what do you feel I disagree with you I think if I was going to tell someone the first three playthroughs or like the top playthroughs or whatever that make the most sense I would say city elf um Kuzland and Mage because I don't really think there's much you can learn about the Dalish and like their culture and what the Dalish elves mean to the lore and like there's nothing you can learn about all that stuff in the origin that you can't also learn in the Brazilian forest quest line. That's true. So I think I would add Kuzlin because it does really give you an interesting look into like Freldon nobility and royalty that you just don't get. Um, otherwise, like my first throughs, like I said, were elves. And then my third was Kuzlin. And so um, appreciate the hatred of how as much as I should have until I played the Kuzlin um, playthrough, um, which, you know, he's just, 
the worst, the absolute worst. And he's also voiced by Tim Curry. I don't know if anybody knew that. Um, but yeah, so I think the Kuzland also works really well with either the Alistair or the Liliana romances. And I think the Kuzland origin is like the stereotypical like hero. Um, so I think it's a good one. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. That's just what I think. For the, and I was thinking mainly in like understanding the conflicts going forward to the other games as well, not just what's going on in Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, I hear that. I was just thinking specifically of Origins, but I totally yeah. get that perspective too. I also would, we would be remiss to not mention the Dwarven Origins. Um, I've, I don't know if you've done them, Derek, but I know she hasn't gotten around to them um and so they are definitely something if you want something different something different than your ordinary dragon age experience but i really like those as well yeah i've tried the uh dwarven both dwarven uh um origins and it, it definitely is a different take of what you would expect from um dwarves uh, from other fantasy settings like let's just say the witcher or uh um lord of the rings and it's it's certainly its own world and it, it is good i would say it's a good introduction to the dragon age universe as well but i can't really attest to it being like because i haven't played it through as like my top origin story um so you know yeah mage Kuzlin would probably be mine just as a as to introduce to anybody to start playing these games would be my as my advice <laughs> yeah and I, I agree and I think also though the dwarf the castless dwarf origin works really well with a Morrigan romance because they are kind of the same like archetype of characters like um you know, both very like grew up on the fringes or outside of society, uh, outcasts, looked down upon um, characters. So I think they work really well together as a romance. But I will stop comparing all the romances because this is not the Two Girls One Ship podcast. <laughs> and yeah, and so before we move on to our other question, sorry, I'm throwing in new questions just because I'm thinking of them. But Derek, do you have a favorite game? And we'll just go through your favorite. We kind of talked about your favorite origin, uh, your favorite class, but do you have a favorite character, your companion? You can pick one from each game or you could pick one overall. So I'm just curious what you think. So Austin, is this a dream team crew or just one person that I can pick from all three? Like um my in instinct is yes answer all for the, all of that um dream team we could start with dream team because i don't think uh she cup and i've answered that question before but yeah what would your dream team like party be going out all right well you need a warrior so let's just go with uh, the iron bull uh i need my uh rogue so i might have to sell that's a hard one uh Sigrin or Sarah? 
and then you need a mage. So I'll have to go with Meryl. That's a good one. Uh, and I guess who would be your leader? Would you put, pair them with the Warden, with Hawk, or with your Inquisitor? That's a good question. Like, I, I like my, uh, I really like my Warden. Uh, <laughs> I think my, my champion. Yeah. Well, for me, I would definitely pick the champion. And this is why I definitely would pick the champion because I think out of all the protagonists, Hawk is the one who I feel like understands to do what it takes to make get results to happen. And I think that Hawk is the one who's going to be pushed to just do what needs to be done. Whereas, and then so for a party with that, um, for a rogue, I would have to go with Varric, but I want DA2 build Varric, not Inquisition build Varric. Um, and then Warrior, uh, my hawk is a rogue, so archery rogue. So Warrior, I'm going to go more tanky. I'm either going to go with Blackwall or Aveline. And then for my mage, just support, I'm going to go with Wynn support i don't know what do you think shelby i am laughing right now because like all of your pigs were from dragon age 2 almost except for when i did Eric. oh when and blackwall <laughs> overwhelmingly da2 um okay so for my dream team i'm gonna go with my Dragon Age Origins, City Elf, Warrior, Flora, whom I love. Um, and then I'm going to do my second warrior is Cassandra, but specifically as a two-handed Reaver build Cassandra. Controversial, I know. And for my rogue, man, I'm torn on this one, but I think I would have to go with probably Isabella and then for my mage I would also have to go with Wynn because she's just the best healer of all I would also sorry I, I would also have to say like I think with the mechanics we'll just say like with uh DAO or 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 DA2 with how it be you know were you able to open up like hundreds of spells or skills that 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 would make the game amazing yeah um so speaking of games do you have a favorite game uh um <laughs> i i'm leaning heavily on dai just because that's when i was first introduced to it but i really do like da2 it's no secret that Dragon Age 2 is my favorite game, and it still remains my favorite game, but I will say this, that after starting this podcast, Inquisition is rivaling DA2 for the game I've played the most. Because it's so lore-heavy? Yeah. Yeah, it's just unparalleled in the lore. I, I tend to think that Origins is the arguably best game but Inquisition is my comfort game. Like Inquisition is the game that I come back to. And maybe it's because 
there's more romance options and more uh, story choices that you can make differently. So I think it has a little bit more replayability. Um, and also it's just a bigger game. So there's always something I haven't discovered yet. Although I think I'm, I'm nearing the end of things to discover in Inquisition. So that's the one I come back to the most, honestly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah. All right. So we all know that DA4 is supposedly coming. So let's just talk. What do we think is coming in Dragon Age 4? Uh, Derek, you can go for like any predictions, anything. You can also open this to things you're hopeful for um, going into DA4. Just really like, what do you expect? What do you hope for? Well, I'm hoping they return to the, in the origin system that they have in DAO. Um, like, for example, if it, since it's set in Northern Thetas, then maybe it could be go like this, like Faction, Deventer Imperium, Grey Wardens, Antivian Crows, and Canari. And from there, the players can choose their race, gender, and class. For example, if you choose like Deventer, uh, a lowly mage, thief, or a slave, pre slave pressed into the military service. And, you know, all these storylines and can open up many options, you know, that a player can choose, choose just like DAO, but it's going to be huge. And, and the protagonist this, and at this time shouldn't be chosen, be some chosen one, but like a nobody. Like in the closest I can think of as a nobody main character would be like Geralt from The Witcher 3. Yeah, I really, really love the idea of the nobody. Um, I think that was one thing that Inquisition maybe suffered from a little bit is like the Herald can almost do no wrong. Um, and so I would love to see a nobody who like makes a ton of mistakes and like, you know, if you choose the wrong thing, you get punished for it, right? Um, I would also... I also, this is just kind of my prediction. Like, I think that like world, the world war is coming to Thetis. Like every faction, almost, we talk about this a lot in the show that almost every faction or country is like coming to a civil war or has already had a civil war or is in some kind of major conflict with someone else. And I think that that's going to really be coming to a head um, in this, in this new game especially since we're into Venter. I also really want to see like fantastical magic representation, like 
Taventer is supposed to be the mage's dreamland, right? Like I want to see things done in magic that we've never seen before. Um, I also want cities to really feel like cities. I didn't feel like Val really felt like a city at all, not in the way that Kirkwall or Dinnerum did. So I really hope we get to go to Minrathus and that it really feels like a, a dense, integrated, uh, bustling kind of city. I would love that. Um, and I don't really care about characters. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I want Fenris to come back or, oh, I want Fainriel to come back or whoever else. Um, I don't really care about that. Mine is more of like these other things I've just mentioned. Yeah, I definitely think that getting to, returning to a more refined combat system is a big thing that I want. I don't think they'll fully go back to the Origins combat system because the goal with Inquisition was to make it more accessible to people who haven't played RPGs. Um, And I think that EA is going to push them to retain that. but I would love a system similar to Mass Effect Andromeda's combat system. As problematic as that game was, the, the ability to switch between loadouts in the game was awesome. And so that would give us the ability to have more skills and different skills for different environments. Like that was one of the big things that always frustrated me about Inquisition is you can only have eight abilities. Um, and I want them, I'm, I'm like, I want them all. Um, and so I really want something like that. I think there, there are characters I want to come back. Um, I know it's unlikely, but I'd love to see the Hawk sibling, if they're alive, come back in some kind of way. I do think Fenris is going to make a return. And I just, but I'm with uh, Shelby on this. Is like, I want to see like what both makes, to venture terrifying and to venture an appeal. Um, I want more fleshed out about the country because they're kind of like the boogeyman right now of, you know, mage dictators. And there's a lot of that, but I just want more of that. And I want more of the Kune. I hope that some characters who've been kind of roughly ignored, like Sten, make a comeback in that. But yeah, I think I just, I'm with you all. I want the more... Uh, customizable origins I think that would be a big help to the game I agree but I also think Sten and Fenris are very very likely to make comebacks because in the comics Sten is the Arashok right now and as we know Fenris is already in Tevinter from the comics Blu-ray specifically so they are very very likely to come back I think and I forgot two things. Number one, how could I forget? Long hair, please, for the love of God, for the love of all that's holy, I want long hair in the game. Long hair options, please. Um, and just better hair overall. But my second thing is I really, really want to be able to like jump and platform on everything. Assassin's Creed has ruined me. <laughs> I have to agree with you, Shelby. Like, I think ever since I started playing Assassin's Creed, pick which one, I've been jumping around trying to climb up mountains, rooftops, and I just want the perfect game. But I, I, I know <laughs> they can't do put every sort of system in each each game. But 
yeah, let's have some some key key, key characters return. Like you know, we heard Varric possibly, and like the the um, trailer was that was his voice, so he might be appearing. So who knows? Uh, and probably I doubt it, but Liliana. But who knows? I mean, she is a key character. It's like having Garrus in Mass Effect. But uh, yeah, I, there's there's so many possibilities. Like, I'm just thinking of like, you know, I doubt it, but let's have some more, more dogs back, like Mabari. Come on. And Griffins. Yeah, I totally agree. I definitely want Mabari's to come back. And, and specifically, I would love it if Mabari's came back as they were in DA2, where it's a summonable unit and not necessarily like something that takes up like a party member slot. Um, I don't necessarily think Liliana will come back just because of the, the codex note that we get in. I think it's a codex that we get at the end of Trespasser if you... Uh, if you've killed her in Origins and you played Inquisition, you get a, a codex that basically says um, that Liliana was a lyrium ghost and um, that the lyrium sang her into being and let her be free and go back into the afterlife or whatever when she's not needed anymore. So I think that that suggests she's not integral to the storyline anymore, unless, of course, she's divine. Yeah, I was going to say, if she's a lyrium ghost, what happens if you make her divine? I, I, I don't think you get that codex. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know for sure because I've only made her divine once. Um, no, twice. No, what? Anyway, I don't remember. <laughs> what if I'm going to put that out to the Discord. <laughs> what if she uh, gets assassinated? Like somebody attempts to assassinate her. She's a. Uh... Delirium ghost. That would be kind of an easy way to get away around that. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Also, either get rid of mounts or make them right. Yes, hundred um, percent. That's a big thing for me. Um, because you're spoiled by Assassin's Creed Origins. I mean, yeah, that's one of them, but also like every open world game does mount better um i would also like new weapons uh, more than just the great sword great axe and both swords daggers and bows like i i would love like have mages that can use swords or a little more like hand crossbows spears you know other other like throwing daggers things like that that would be interesting combat mechanics true i want them to bring back the um mage warrior i forget what it's called from origins um and two more things i keep saying two things i think they need to uh be a lot better about incorporating hair that is not just like white people hair um there's only you, you know usually a couple options of like diverse hairstyles in all of the games i think they definitely need to be better about that but also eyebrows like all of the eyebrows in inquisition are terrible i also want unique villains like i don't want them to bring back like bring back the architect or 
other like returning villains like I know Solus is probably going to be something in there we don't know but like I don't want just a rehash of what we've already done like that was one of my biggest frustrations with Corypheus is that okay I already killed you once like how many times am I gonna have to kill you and so I just want a new kind of like unique I guess more less I would go for like a less mystical enemy like a much more down-to-earth big bad kind of like Meredith but not as like hidden like you get Meredith as a big bad but like she comes out and like oh now she's the boss fight like she's the real enemy of this game kind of hits you in act three but like something more down-to-earth that is much more like actual people of status than like oh, here's this great mystical monster that's going to undo the gods and undo the world. Completely agree. Uh, we need a, a villain that is more believable, not a uh, supernatural villain. It just drives the story better. Um, I'm no writer, but I feel that <laughs> it just you need a good villain to really push the, the protagonists throughout the whole story to make it believable i mean Logan was a is a very controversial character but really he was a he really moved the story more i feel in a way than the blight did and you know i mean even though the blight archdemon and origins was the final bad guy Logan felt like a big hat like a big uh a big baddie in the <laughs> that in origins so i felt you know i felt like he was more of an accomplishment defeating him than the archdemon that is a really excellent point um and i totally agree with it i think it could be interesting to have a kunari um big bad just because i think that that's where a lot of the lore has been pointing like the short stories into winter nights for sure um I wonder what it would be like to go up against an old, an old uh, companion like Sten, if he is the enemy or or joins the enemy or something like that. Uh, that would be interesting too. Yeah, I'd also like a little more like fleshed out companions. I think one of the fallbacks of Dragon Age Inquisition and of Mass Effect is that none of your companions are really like, oh my gosh, like you suck. Um, I mean, a little bit in Mass Effect. But it's all, okay, like, yeah, I may be a little skeptical of this, but yeah, I'm all in to follow you. And I would love to see, like, decisions that can result in your party betraying you or other options like that that just would make it more fleshed out and would make you go, what, when you're playing it? Um, yeah. I mean, the closest we get in Inquisition is Iron Bull. Um, but yeah. I mean, and Solus. Yeah. Yeah, I want to make my party mad at me. Um, but also, it's funny that you say you want people to betray you when, like, literally the apostate in every game betrays you. Like, every single one. <laughs> Not Morgan. Like, she doesn't really betray you because she doesn't, like, do something that's really against you. She doesn't work against you. Solus, yes. Anders, yes. Um, but Anders is, like, a conditional thing of, like, what you want. Depending on how you play your hawk, Anders could do what you want. But he does betray you in the end. Right. And and Morrigan does too, in a way, because 
she leaves you even when she's promised you that like you're her best friend and all this stuff. And I think that's especially heartbreaking for a male warden who's romanced her and has the baby. Um, But I do think it's, it's a form of betrayal, not as black and white, of course, as the others, but. I also don't like, I know that people want this because they want the best ending or whatever, but I would be okay with an option of like, okay, you can't win over everybody. Like you're gonna have to choose between two companions. We're not, not always a way to reconcile everyone. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I almost lost Fenris, my, um, my last pit playthrough, but I was amazed that he actually joined me in the end game. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah, and it, it was pretty much a, uh, yeah, I I think the betrayal would be a more realistic uh, addition to the, to DA4, and I don't know, I mean, we got the possibility of an Antivan Crow faction, and maybe, maybe one of those guys, one of the, somebody turns out to be the big baddie within all along, I don't know. <laughs> There's so many possibilities, I mean, they haven't really said anything about uh what what the story is going to be even like i mean so who knows that's so true um you know at at the end of last year whenever they had the games convention one one of the things they had they had released a statement that said something like we can't wait for 2022 when we can share more about da4 with you and we've learned nothing and we're almost halfway through this year um so that's interesting to me. I hope we do get, you know, some info soon, at least a name. And then we can start speculating a little bit more uh, intensely, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree that. Um, I just hope that, I just hope it's good. That's my biggest thing now. Uh, just wanting it to be good, wanting it to be a good game that they put thought into i don't want it to be rushed which is why like if it's announced delayed i don't really care how long it takes as long as it's good yeah i completely agree like we've we've seen this i'm not going to say any titles but we've seen this in some titles that were hyped up so much and rushed and and they were bad i mean and you know i agree with you austin like this game if it's announced around early 2004 or in 2023 i'm fine and but i'll be very worried if it's announced later this year and you know frankly i want them to take as long as they need to really polish it up and make it look good um feel good and just just be a, a masterpiece and it takes a while i mean i don't know i mean, I mean they're, they're probably working in, on the new um uh computer system the new uh entertainment systems like xbox series x and playstation 4 5 excuse me and you know it, it must be i don't, I don't know anything about com- uh, gaming <laughs> gaming uh con- construction but it must be a lot of work putting these things together and you know i applaud bioware or any, any uh dev company that does this but you gotta we gotta be patient 100% agree. Like, I will wait, not forever, but I will wait a significant amount of time if this game will be good. Um, I won't complain at all. But I also think 
and this goes beyond Dragon Age or Bioware for sure. I just think as gamers, people who enjoy video games, you know, we we really need to be patient with companies um, and give them a little bit more grace. I think it's easy to be frustrated because like we want to play a good game, but also we have to understand that the people who make games are under immense, immense amounts of pressure from the companies that own them or like the, the companies that own their company. And a lot of times, actually a hundred percent of the time, it's not the people making the game whose fault it is. You know, it's, it's the people in power, the CEO or, or whomever, the investors that are pushing unreasonable deadlines. So I always think it's important to encourage those of us who play and consume video games to have patience and, and show grace to the developers. I definitely agree. And I think that patience is really key here. And I think that if we show developers and especially these overhead umbrella companies like EA, that we are willing to wait and we're not going to be mad that it takes long as long as it's good. This whole culture of like rushing a video game out to get will be lessened a little bit. If they don't think they're going to lose money on it, then they can take as much as they need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that's all of our questions, Austin, and we, we've chatted for almost an hour, so I don't think we have time to get into any other legit, like, actual content for lore-wise. Yeah, I think, um, thanks for being here, Derek, um, and I just want to take this opportunity to highlight, uh, Derek is one of our uh, first Enchanter patrons, and so if you want to come on the podcast and just talk about things about Dragon Age uh, with us once a month, you can upgrade to that uh, first Enchanter tier for $20 and come and join us. And I also want to say a thank you to all of our patrons and that we have, we do have a new patron and thank you to Derek for being our first Enchanter patron. He is also one of our first five. So he gets named on every episode of the show. Um, Shelby, do you want to read the rest? I sure can. Okay. Our patrons are Lisa M, Genesis, Derek B, as you are here, Fletcher M, Zuba, and our newest patron is Jazza. Thanks for becoming our newest patron. And we do have Heroes, Hawks, and Heralds to share, though because of time, we won't do that this episode, but know that we haven't forgotten them. They are coming. They will be, we'll start back with that on next week's episode. All right. I think that's all we have. Do you have anything else, Shelby? I do not. Well, thank you, Derek, for being here. And thank you for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, email them to us at dalorecast at gmail.com. The Dragon Age Lorecast is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. You can join the Robots Radio Network Discord by clicking the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and give us a review. See you next time. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. 
I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember... Swooping.